Well, good morning. Welcome back to the Broadcast Retirement Network. I'm Jeff Snyder. This is BRNAM for Monday, October 16th, 2023. And our top story today, stress you, many college students struggle with their mental health. And joining me now to discuss this and a lot more, Sally Farcozzi is the Director of Mental Health Operations for Timely Care. Sally, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for joining us on the program this morning. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation. Yeah, I'm excited because I, I want to learn more about telehealth, but I also want to talk about college student mental health. And, and let's start at the very top. How are college students doing with their managing of their mental health and their anxiety? So one of the things that we're seeing is that out of all the reasons that students would have a reason to drop out of college or stop out of college, that one of the major reasons is due to their mental health. And that's a concern that that four out of five students say that there is a mental health crisis on campus and that two thirds of these students are saying that if they had access to resources to support them, they would be more likely to stay there. So we're seeing increased concerns around well-being in general. And so our primary goal is as the as higher education's most trusted source in virtual care is really to help students with that solution of what well-being looks like overall and focusing on stress and anxiety. Students have also said that through this survey, we learned that students are significantly more stressed than they were at the same time last year in a previous year. So that's a concern for us. We're also seeing that um, the students that were highlighted in this survey of over 1,200 students, that it just revealed significant um, issues related to stress, related to sleep deprivation, as well as um, just understanding what are their other stressors around academics and finances have all played into um, higher or higher levels of acuity and stress issues. Yeah, really good point. And look, I can look, I don't think sleep deprivation in general is unfamiliar to many college students. I, I at one point had hair and I was in college and I can remember long study nights and going out with friends. But let's talk about some of the sources of anxiety uh, because you, you bring up finances. I want to talk about inflation. Um, how are they going to pay for their meals? I've been reading a lot of stories about these I'm going to call them kids, but they're not kids. They're young adults, um, maybe struggling to be able to get food and and uh, and and pay for housing and pay for books. So, of the main concerns when we just note stressors and health, mental health issues overall, the survey highlighted that 68% of students are dealing with mental health concerns, including stress, anxiety, and depression. So, those financial worries are prominent. And they are money related. So 53% said that they had stress about the Supreme Court ruling even around affirmative action and race admissions. Students are concerned about their student loan debt. Um, And when we look at how these things affect overall, maybe their ability to sleep and relax, their stress levels, all of those increasing issues 
we understand that students do need a level of support. 54% of students in the survey said that um, they're not even getting the recommended amount of sleep because they are so stressed. They aren't getting that seven to nine hours of sleep per night. And that um, has stated that that contributes to their level of stress overall. So 85% of students in the report also said that they had um, uh, equal or greater stress than the year previous, which means now they're even more concerned because resources are finite. Um, they don't know how they're going to pay for things, even post-graduation. What are my plans? How am I going to handle life um, and really make this, this happen for me or even for uh, their families? Yeah, I, I like that you bring up the, or I don't like that you bring up the student loan debt, but that is obviously a significant uh, issue. Let's talk about mental health access because uh, when I was, again, when I was in college, we, we would have to go see a therapist or someone in, in at, I guess, at the health center, at least that's what it was called at Hofstra. Uh, but today, students have access to telehealth. They have the ability to consult with a professional virtually. That, that seems to me like a real significant benefit. Yes, so students just saying that they as long as they have access to mental health resources, that supports their ability to care for themselves and finish their education endeavors, understand what those goals are and complete those goals successfully. Um, a lot of times that access does not happen nine to five. Over 40% of our visits on our platform are happening after hours. So access is a big issue. Um, nights, weekends, out, everything outside of nine to five is usually when even crisis occurs where students are having grappling with issues related to their safety. So this is specifically why we have made sure that we do have a 24-7 access to the platform and also self-curated content for students. So they are able to focus on the importance of sleep hygiene. Um, they know what increased health risks and concerns are and how they impact their lives. And when they are experiencing sleep poor sleep quality, how can they access resources that are evidence-based um, that can focus on those issues and help them course correct? So digital self-care is also one of those ways that students are able to connect with care anytime, anywhere, and help to um, design, a it's designed to create a sense of support and calm and de-stress when students need to unwind in a healthy way and have that valuable content that involves like yoga or meditation resources, as well as sometimes group conversations with our providers around those um, healthy relationship topics or grief and loss things that are going to be pertinent to them and actually help them sustain themselves during the time, either when they're not ready to engage with a provider um, or they're just kind of contemplating what are going to be my next steps in this care journey. Yeah. Uh, well, Sally, I need to take a very quick break. When we come back, we'll talk more about managing mental health and anxiety for America's college students. You're going to want to stay tuned right here and be right. Imagine a new television network that will make you richer, healthier, and in control of your financial future.
This network is for the policewoman in Nashville, Tennessee, the baker in Dubuque, Iowa, the teacher in Lexington, Kentucky. We want to make the idea of savings and retirement culturally relevant. But what do you see as a defining issue of the midterms? Especially for the smaller businesses, I mean, they are the lifeblood of the American economy. Featuring exclusive interviews, current affairs, and docu-series. 33 yeah. years old, you retired early. The philosophy is money only matters if it helps you live a life that you love. But you gotta start thinking about retirement as soon as you get in. The Broadcast Retirement Network will drive very high engagement with premium partnerships. So this isn't retirement and savings for your parents or grandparents. This is for all Americans. And we're gonna change the way you think about money. Welcome to the next frontier of retirement and savings. This is BRN, the Broadcast Retirement Network. Well, Sally, thanks so much for staying with us. Really appreciate you hanging around for segment number two this morning. Sounds good. I'm ready. Thank you. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, I haven't lost a guest yet, so um, we're excited about that <laughs> after 1,500 shows. Uh, Let's talk about access because I know uh, this is a virtual. Uh, this is a virtual platform, but if I'm a student who's going through troubles, um, and you, and I like how you put it, it's ne and it's never nine to five. It's always like the for me it was always Sunday night as I thought about my class load the next day. But how do I access this if I'm a student? How do I get access to a a, a practitioner? to get the, get the things that I need, the help I need specifically for me? I think one of the, one of the major pieces to address is the fact that everyone isn't ready for that, that space right away. So we have the advantage of serving over 2 million students at over 300 campuses. And what we know that since we offer a range of services with mental health counseling, on-demand emotional support, medical psychiatry, health coaching, basic needs, and even guidance for faculty and staff, as well as digital self-care resources, we know that we're starting to see where students gravitate to. So um, understanding that a lot of students aren't ready to meet with a professional, therefore they might gravitate toward their peers first. We understand that sometimes when students are in distress or they're having issues with mental health, they're consulting with their peers before they ever reach the place of a professional. So we have um, we have platforms like our peer community, as well as the self-care content that is influenced or influenced by just our work with um, with students on campuses. How do we help support students that are reaching out to each other first? Um, we're able to monitor that site, make sure that that is a helpful place for students and also guide them to resources from that that space, too. Um, we're also able to make sure that students that may just want to browse our information and utilize self-care content, make sure that they can get as much information as they possibly can, understand what it's going to be like before they enter into a session with a professional. That's another soft space. Our goal is to decrease the barriers to care and make sure we're providing psychoeducational materials in all spaces so students are able to take those gradual steps toward 
possibly meeting in person for scheduled counseling. We even have Talk Now as a resource where students can just sign up on demand and say they want to talk to someone and connect with a provider that's a mental health professional that can guide them around what does that first counseling session look like? What does it look like to navigate your mental health care possibly for the first time on your own? And then how are we going to address all of the issues or concerns that they might've come up with um, that pertain to their safety, emotional support, being able to regulate their emotional, their emotional state, their feelings and communicate them well. Yeah. And by the way, I'm a toe dipper. So I, as you're describing kind of getting acclimated, I like to kind of dip my toe in to see what the temperature is and gradually jump in. I think that's kind of what you're describing. I, I want to ask you, you talked a lot about the college uh, students. Let's talk about the professors, the staff. That is a very intense job being an educator. And I'm just thinking about lesson plans, but you know, walking into a college environment with a whole room of students do you ever hear from uh, the, the professors, the, the staff members, the, the, the administrative staff who might need some support as well? Well, primarily my connection with campuses has a lot to do with our, our partnership with campus clinic directors, um, athletic support team, uh, faculty and staff that support student organizations, athletes on campus, as well as the students. So the idea of disseminating information on access to care, understanding what services are available, allows the campus to create a caring campus. They're focused on getting students connected. So even with efforts like by athletic departments to destigmatize mental health issues, and that's yielding more positive results. More than 90% of student athletes plan to seek counseling and mental health support compared to 75% of non-athletes. And that comes from some direct guidance from faculty and staff, uh, coaching staff, those are places where students are seeking information. So while we're bringing, while we're bringing to uh, the forefront how we're destigmatizing and decreasing barriers, we're also providing students with a diverse provider base that faculty and staff can depend on. They know that if this is not offered on campus, maybe a student can feel comfortable going to um, an online or virtual platform if they don't feel comfortable walking into the counseling center on their campus, but they still have access to a um, quality, professional, supportive um, place for them to, to decide what's going to happen next and create a care plan that's going to support them through their academic endeavors. Yeah, I like that you, you talked about kind of lifting the, uh, the misconceptions or the I don't know, biases is the right words that, that we have around mental health. What, what more do we need to do to, to do that? Is it just awareness, education, make, letting people know that among peers you have, there, people, all people have, I, I mean, I don't know anybody who doesn't have mental health challenges. Now, there are different levels, but we all go through the highs and lows of life. Life is not a perfect line. It's not a perfect equation. Well, our survey really did um, highlight the importance of accessibility to care. So that need for students to have immediate um, accessible services for mental health, that's been a game changer for many college students. Just connecting them promptly and conveniently has helped in those crucial times to prevent maybe further distress within their situation 
um, even support their academic success, it really underscores the urgency for additional support and resources um, in addressing the ongoing mental health crisis. So students have said that not only are they more likely to succeed and finish their academic programs, which is great for schools because that is, uh, that is retention increasing and that's great, but it also means that students are getting to the right place at any time in a way that's easy and accessible to them. So they're provided with a high quality provider base. They have the accessibility 24 seven and virtual support also. And then they're also able to understand what does it look like over time to maintain this level of health and wellness. Many students are understanding for the first time that they've gone, that many issues have gone unaddressed and highlighting things like, you know, stress and anxiety, coping, coping mechanisms that are going to be healthy, as well as giving them resources has um, really altered their idea of how they're able to manage and um, make sure that they reach those academic goals. Yeah, well, really important. You can't be successful uh, in college and with your academics if you don't have the right mental health and the right outlook. Sally, we're gonna have to leave it there. Great to talk to you. Thanks so much for joining us. And we look forward to having you back on the program again very soon. Thank you, Jeff. And that wraps up this episode of BRNAM. Have a topic of interest, someone you think we should talk to, then drop us a line and don't forget, for all the latest curated news and lifestyle, wellness, finance, tech, so much more in all in one place, check out today's edition of our daily newsletter, The Morning Pulse. Want to search our archives, check out our latest content? Well, then visit our website. We're back again tomorrow with another edition of BRNAM. I have a very special guest. Until then, I'm Jeff Snyder. Stay safe, keep on saving, and don't forget, roll with the changes. Now is your opportunity to co-create content around any topic on the first lifestyle and wellness network. Reach a global audience through our platform and co-own exclusive branded content. All of our programs are available on demand and also as audio-only podcasts so you can take us on the go. Broadcast Retirement Network, available anytime, anywhere, and on any device.